What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 11 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Peter Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixel Pie. <laughs> uh, hello. On this week's episode, we're talking about how Nintendo Switch became the fastest-selling console in North America, read your emails, and help you buy a Nintendo Switch this holiday season. You sound like such shills. Holiday (laughs) season, such an American term, isn't it? What's that? Holiday season, we don't say that here. Oh, yeah. I don't think so, anyway. Well, it's, it's, it's part of the ongoing war on Christmas, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, one day we're going to kill that red-suited bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we doing this week, boys? I'm all right, you? I'm good. I mean, you seem like you're in a good mood. You guys couldn't even make it through the intro without laughing. That's how I know it's going to be a good show. <laughs> I, I, it's all the coffee. Like, we're, on, we're on camp number two, like, <laughs> even before we started recording. So like, we're just going to be buzzing the entire time. So that's all I need to do to get to get yeah. a rise out of you, Steve, is just make sure you get your coffee? <laughs> We could have been having, you know, the last uh, 10 episodes of you just at, at 112%. Probably. If you pop sugar in it, it'll be even worse. I think, I think the move is we got to start just getting your boyfriend to go and just, like, stick an entire candy bar in your coffee cup before you get going so that you're just chock full of sugar. <laughs> hey, it's nearly Christmas. You could put, like, a stir it with a candy cane because it dissolves into it. <laughs> oh, minty coffee. That sounds horrendous. Really? Yeah, it'd be fine. I don't know. That sounds pretty good. Mm. You could do it with a mocha, then it'd be like a minty chocolate coffee. Oh, yeah, mocha would be quite good. A minty mocha mm, would be all right. All right, all right. See, all right, so we got there. All right, so Steve, you got your homework for next week for a Christmas episode. I want you to have at least three of those minty mochas in you before we get going. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we've got a, uh, admittedly a little light on the news, but we've got some fun stuff for you this week. I'm excited to get into it. Let's kick things off by talking about uh, what we're playing. Uh, I mean, it's Vero. We're still playing Smash Brothers, right? Come on, Pixel. Yeah, we're totally playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, Steven, Steven's still not got it. <laughs> uh, no, Smash. Still Smash. Yeah. yeah, I won't even have it next for the next episode because we'll we'll be recording it before Christmas. So I can't even like put it in. Don't as, say like, like you'll ruin the magic of it. <laughs> That's oh, editing okay. magic. I'll totally have it for the next episode because we're going to be recording it on Christmas Day. Yep. <laughs> That's what everyone does, right? <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh! So yeah, you won't even get to have your your takes on Smash until the new year, Steve. No, I know. Maybe I just won't play it now. Just like, no, I'm done. I missed out on it. It's too brown. But aside from Smash Brothers, um, <clears throat> I got to spend some time uh, this week with a little app called Inky Pen, which came to Nintendo Switch this week. Uh, so we, we did an article about it a couple months back, but if you're not familiar, Inky Pen is a comic reader app. It's one of the few non-video game apps that's come to Nintendo Switch. So I think when that announcement was made, uh, a lot of people were surprised that this little Norwegian startup that no one's ever heard of is the thing that's coming to Switch, not, you know, one of the other more established comic readers out there. So um, I went into it not really knowing what to expect. And I got to say, for the most part, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, The UI is, is pretty sharp. There's like a solid... Uh, comics library there i'm I'm, yeah, I'm working out my feelings on the whole thing right now that will be available in a review over on lupots.com sometime this week um or... so with with the app right yeah 
because it's a comic book reading app, uh-huh. do you hold the switch the normal way around, or do you tilt it vertically and use it kind of like a, a comic book? So you you hold it the normal way, and it has two different reader modes that you can use to like kind of look at the page the way that you want. Uh, right. So there is um, book like quote unquote book mode where the pages start zoomed out. And then you can, like, press a button to zoom in and, like, kind of, like, move your cursor across the page to, like, scan the pages. Um, I don't like that version at all. Uh, in my review, I'll talk about it, but the controls for it are just very awkward. And it's mm. it's not intuitive and it, it doesn't, it doesn't like, just work, which is what you want in something like this. You know, is for you to pick it up and immediately be like, how do I do this? Oh, okay, it just makes sense. Got it. The way, the way I envisioned it when, like, obviously they didn't release any images of it or anything. Yeah. But I just heard about, oh, it's Inky Pen. It's going to be comic book reader. I just assumed you'd pick up the tablet, turn it on kind of vertically, and then swipe through the pages with your finger, I, kind of like a Kindle. I was really hoping that they would have that option, but it, it, at least from the time I spent with it last night, I couldn't see how that was an option. So I'm going to look a little bit more into it, you know, as I finish my, my impressions, but... uh <clears throat> as of right now, I don't see that as, as something that you can do, but there's a second way that you're able to uh, to look at the pages called scroll mode, and I actually like this quite a bit. It works just as it would if you were reading a comic on like an iPad or something like that. The only downside is that because you have it in the standard switch horizontal mode you can't look at a full page of a comic unless you look at it in that book mode and if you look at the full page you can't see anything so if you're talking about an an american comic where there's like a splash page which if you're not familiar is like a page usually in like toward the middle of the book where two pages make like one image so like okay like a like a dual spread yes exactly So if you're looking at like a spread image, uh, you need to switch to book mode so that you can see the whole image. And it doesn't automatically switch between the two? No, it doesn't. Like you you can push a button and automatically switch, so it's really easy. But like you do have to kind of cycle between them to like read a whole issue sometimes. And it's a little like just unintuitive, you know? And like the fact that you can't look at a whole page because of the native sizing of the switch screen is a little awkward. You've mentioned it's got this strip mode. Is there what like a mode where it kind of goes from panel to panel? So it goes from like A to B to C. No, uh, which like is another thing that I feel like it would be really helpful, especially mm-hmm. like on the Switch and given its kind of look. But it does have a button where you can quick zoom. So you can like if you're on a page and like there's text that you can't read or a detail you want to look at, you can press A and it just auto zooms in. And then you can press A to auto zoom out. So like it's it's good. It's it's fairly intuitive and I wouldn't say that like that super gets in the way. It's just like if you have used another reader on like a a, a Kindle or um an iPad or something like that, it it's better to read it in the native resolution on the like sideways where you can see the whole page, you know? Like it just is. You mentioned that it's got like US or American, I guess western comics. Yeah. Are there any like manga or or Asian uh, right now, it's mostly American and European comics. Okay. There are there are a few bits of manga, and they've expressly said that they have plans to expand their manga offerings. But as of right now, if you filter for manga, I want to say there's only like five books. Like, it's not. Wow, okay. But <clears throat> when you look at the rest of the library, uh, there, there are some heavy hitters like Dark Horse and um, 
Archie and Titan. So it's like there are books like Hellboy and like the modern Archie stuff. And like if you're a, a Netflix subscriber and you watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like the comic that that's based off of is is on the platform. So <clears throat> there, there are plenty of well-known and, and really good and interesting comics. And I'm thinking about doing like an article over on Lupots or something where I like highlight some of the best stuff that they have. Uh, but there is a lot. There's a lot to read. I think it's just like if you're an American and you know you're a a big two reader. If you read Marvel and DC comics, there's none of that stuff. There's nothing from Image either. So the three biggest publishers in the space are not here, and that obviously leads to there being some serious gaps. If you're you know like a regular comics person, so I think like yeah, I mean I think if most people kind of go. When you think of a comic book, you think of probably you, your mind jumps to like Spider-Man or Superman or Batman. Right. And, and none of that's there. Right. And in my mind, there are there are so many, like, if you read comics or you don't read comics, there are so many things that you should read besides big two superhero books. I, I love Marvel and DC. I grew up with Spider-Man and the X-Men and those characters. Like, I, I love them. I do an entire podcast about that stuff. But... There are so many good indie books out there that most people don't even check out, uh, or not even just indie, like stuff like Archie. Like you hear Archie and you think, ah, oh, some dumb old romance comic. The modern Archie books are really good and interesting, and there's a lot of good stuff there. So like, I'm impressed by the library that they already have for being this new app that no one's ever heard of. But there are some really notable omissions, and I think a lot of mainstream comic fans are gonna feel the the stuff that isn't here. You know, overall. I think there's a lot of cool stuff, but I think on its face, the price that they're asking is like a little tough to justify for what's available. But the bigger issue for me is that there are a few notable glitches that I experienced while I was using the app. Most notably, uh, on multiple occasions, I had to close the app because a screen was freezing or because it wasn't displaying the comic properly. Like specifically, I had I had two or three instances over the course of trying to read like five issues of a book. So I was probably reading for about an hour and a half where a page of the comic or half of a page of a comic wouldn't display. And then when I was trying to just naturally scroll down, it would like the page would skip or it would like try to kick me back up to the previous page and just weirdness. Or like you wouldn't tell that there's a missing page because you're like, well, that that scene hadn't ended what's happening and i'd have to close the app and reopen the comic and then it would work and almost every time that i closed the app and reopened it whatever issue i had went away right away but that's certainly not what you want to be doing when you're trying to just use the app and make it work you know no is there any way to like give feedback in the app would you have to go to a website to give feedback or yeah i haven't seen any sort of like feedback thing like that but i know when i went to their website they have a a email address on like the front page where it's like get in touch and like let us know what you're thinking or if you have questions or whatever (laughs) fix it i'm thinking yeah well and i I did see on twitter like yesterday which the app just came out yesterday like we're on version 1.0 so there are glitches to be expected they're like thanks for all the feedback and everything so like i'm sure they're listening and i'm sure the app's going to improve and I think that for what they have, day one, launch one, like, it's very strong, and I'm actually impressed. But I think where it is right now, you might want to just wait a little bit before you, like, mm-hmm. necessarily pull the trigger on it. Because it is a little expensive, and for the library that they have and some of the issues that I'm experiencing, I just de- definitely can't necessarily justify the price right now. But it's definitely – it? it's $8 a month. 
which is especially if you're in the states it's more expensive than comiXology which is amazon's comic solution which is only like six dollars a month and it has a bigger selection of of more and i'm guessing comiXology is pretty much everywhere else like ipad yes phones right okay which which are ultimately a better platform i think like as nice as nice as it is to read comics on my switch like it was stupid convenient to be like i'm in bed and I'm, I'm playing Pokemon Let's Go to, like, do some endgame stuff. I'm tired, but I'm not ready to go to bed yet. I'm going to switch over to Inky Pen and read some comics. I love that. And if they continue to build out this library and improve the app, there's a good chance that, that they'll get me as a regular subscriber. It's definitely something I'm going to keep checking in on and paying attention to. Um, but just for, like, day one, launch one, like, I uh, there definitely seem to be some kinks work, to work out. And if you're not interested in reading, like, Dark Horse and, you know valiant and some of these other smaller publishers like it might just be worth your time to wait a little bit and see how they they build out their library especially since there's so much manga coming i think that's going to see their numbers shoot up quite a bit yeah if they get stuff like tokyo ghoul on there i'll probably give it a try and i think the thing is i i could see this being really popular in europe actually because you guys don't have to my knowledge right i'm obviously not european so any of our european listeners who are comics readers can correct me but to my knowledge there isn't a uh, a platform like this available to you anywhere else that works the way that this does like comicsology isn't outside outside the states or at least north america so you know i don't i don't feel like you guys have a viable alternative so they might really be able to corner a market in Europe where comics are like a big deal, you know, in several countries. There's like a real heavy comics tradition like France and stuff like that. Uh, I could see this being really popular and maybe even Japan where there is like a commuter culture. People already have their switch. Like if it is a convenient way to just pick it up and read it on the device that you're already engaging with, that's like bigger than your, you know, your phone and you don't have to lug around your iPad or whatever. I, I could definitely see this finding an audience. I think they just have some kinks to work out, and they got to keep negotiating new new comics to come to the platform, which you know I think they've already done a pretty good job of. So I don't know who it is that's their negotiator or whatever, but they're nailing it because they've gotten some really good licenses out of the gate. I was gonna say I think that is the most important thing. As long as the UI works and you can read it, it's getting in as many comics that people want to read as possible. Yep. If if they can nail that, they should kind of. Well, and I will say, like for me, like as an avid comics reader, I went in and was like, oh, there's several things here I want to read. There's like stuff I've been meaning to read for years, and some new stuff that I'm not caught up on. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm like, and I have it for a month with the code that they send us. Thank you, Inky Pen. Um, so I'm I'm actually gonna have it for my vacation. So I'm, I'm like, very much looking forward to spending some more time with it. And I think if I really enjoy it, they're going to do well to have given me a code and get, get their hooks in me because I will absolutely be an evangelist for this thing if they continue to build it because I like it. And I, I think it's got a really promising future. And for a version 1.0, I'm very high on it. You know, I have criticisms. It's not perfect. I don't know that it's worth your money right now, but it's definitely something you should be keeping your eye on if you're a comic person. One thing I was curious about, because I know like lots of other services, whether it be video or, you know, books like Kindle, anything like that, people tend to be able to access it on like the iPad app, for instance, um, in this case, a Nintendo Switch app. Does it have an online kind of desktop website you can view stuff at as well, or is it exclusively on Nintendo Switch? So right now it's exclusively on Nintendo Switch. They said that they have plans to bring it to other platforms and that you will have a concurrent 
account. Mm-hmm. So whatever you have in your library on Switch, you'll be able to read anywhere else and pick up like where you left off and have kind of like a more similar to the Kindle system. Uh, but as of right now, you can only use it on Switch. Okay, well, at least they're working on it. That's good, I guess. Yeah, and like it's got a really good wish list system, like because everything's free. Obviously, it's like read what you want. So like you can like anytime you start reading a book, it automatically adds it to your list of books, and it saves your place for you. And if you have books that you're interested in reading, like I was just leafing through what they had, and I was pressing the plus button on anything that looked interesting to me or that I knew I wanted to read, and it immediately adds it to your list and downloads it to your Switch so that you can read it offline. So cool. sounds good. Nice, nice convenient system for sure. So. If you're real into comics and there's stuff in like the Archie canon or Dark Horse that you're interested in that you haven't read, uh, there's a lot there to leave through and a lot from other smaller publishers like Titan and Valiant. So if you're like a diehard comics person and you've got the eight bucks, go check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a cool app. So uh, I've taken our platform to talk about comic books enough. Let's get back to video games. Steve, <laughs> uh, I know you couldn't play Smash Bros, but you were mm. able to play one of the other greatest games of the year in my humble opinion celeste yes i've been playing celeste um on your recommendation and many other people's recommendations no 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 just mine just mine no one yeah, else just yours yeah <laughs> everyone else on else. the internet slept on celeste exactly yeah <laughs> it's a real hidden gem <laughs> I, i'm enjoying it uh more than i think i thought i would i'm not really a big platformer guy um things like meat boy never really got his hooks into me it's tricky. I'm trying to go for all the strawberries, and my god, some of those are difficult to get. What, what world are you on? I've just finished the hotel. Okay, so I remember when I was at that point in the game, I was also trying to get every strawberry, and then I got to the next world, and I was like, fuck this! Like, <laughs> it's, it got, it's... <laughs> I think I've just done the next one, and it's like, it's windy. I'm, like, it's, yeah. it's, oh. It keeps blowing me back, that, and I, yeah, there's like one in particular I can't get. That wind mechanic is so frustrating mm. it's great but it's like oh my god it gets so hard because you get you get so used to the rhythm of it of, of like how quickly you can move and then you're like now i gotta yeah. wait fuck like <laughs> it's nice that they add i think i like that they add a different mechanic in on each level so like the second level you have that like weird galaxy kind of thing that you can go through uh-huh. and then on the hotel level there's like keys that you have to get and you can only get into specific sections if um like it gets unlocked for you and then this new level's got like the wind and then also those like green bubble things that you jump in and then you can use that bubble to like jump further yeah you get like a second jump yeah it's it's, a, it's really weird and it's a, i like that they don't explain anything either like the the green crystals that kind of restore your stamina so you can then use your dash again they never really explain any anything that shows up in the game, you just kind of learn by doing it. You jump onto a green, you dash onto a green crystal, and then you, the only way you can tell is because her hair goes from blue to orange again. So you can kind of figure out, oh, I can, I can dash again. I remember looking at like a puzzle. I was like, how the hell am I going to get from there to there without being able to dash? And you know, you can just keep going if you get one crystal, then the next crystal, then the next crystal. And the story uh, I'm enjoying, you can tell that it's kind of got a, a different meaning to it. And you can see, I can see why it won the kind of games for impact. Um, I don't know that it's going to make it into my games of the year list yet, but we'll see. Uh, I think I'm probably nowhere near the end. You're, you're probably like just getting to about halfway. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, and I think... I've got one B-side as well, but I haven't gone back to play that yet. 
You can save those until you're done with the main game. They're that's, awesome. That's what I figured. But they're hard. Yeah, they look, yeah I, I figured it was going to be a more tricky version of the same level. It's really cool, too, because you unlock an 8-bit version of the game. Oh, okay. And, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Oh, spoilers. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I didn't like think of that as a spoiler, but I guess technically it is. Um, <laughs> but... And that even like adds a whole nother dimension of like difficulty and everything. Like there's a lot okay. of content in this game and it it just keeps going. Um but yeah, but those I, those strawberries I could not get. Some of them I cannot get. It's tough. But uh there's a real sense of accomplishment when you do get them. You're like, Yes, oh, oh yeah, my it's God. literally like, Oh, for God's sake, I'm never gonna get this. Oh shit. Oh, here I go again, dying for the hundredth time just trying to get this single strawberry. And then when you get it, it's just like, yes, finally I managed to get it. Because most of the time you can see and you know how, how you're going to do it. But it's like you might just dash in the wrong yeah. place or just slightly off of a different angle. And then you have to go all the way back to the beginning of that like room, essentially, that you're in in order to do it again. So, And some of the rooms are really long. Like yeah. They don't span from like one screen to the next. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. So you're like doing it like maybe maybe 30 plus times in order to get over get over to the other side of the room or just to get the strawberry and there's some times when you're being chased by certain things or certain people and those those ones i ended up i, I couldn't do it the anxiety of being chased by <laughs> chased by an enemy um while i'm trying to collect like a, a collectible that they tell you in the game has does has zero meaning and that means absolutely nothing but for some reason you still want to get the strawberries um it's it's really frustrating and 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 made me very anxious. Like I never get sweaty palms when I'm playing a game, but when I was being chased, my god, and like not being able to get yeah. the jump in the exact right point because essentially it is learn where you're going and learn what you have to do at the right point on those kind of um, essentially routines. It's an interesting game. I'm looking forward to finishing. I'm looking forward to playing some more. I've still not played Celeste. You should. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, it is on my to playlist, but I just I just haven't had time. One question I've got is, you know, the strawberry collectibles. Mm -hmm. If you get the strawberry and then die before you get to the end of the level, as soon as you land on solid ground, you get you get the strawberry. You get the strawberry. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you just have to get through like the the puzzle essentially to get it, yeah. and then you're done. But if you're like hanging onto a wall. And then you like run out of stamina for holding on, and then you fall to the ground. You lose the strawberry, and you have to do that again. Okay. It's only when you land on like a solid ground. It's like they're like little mini puzzles within the level themselves. And each like room essentially is not like you go back to the beginning of the level. You go back to like the beginning of the room, and each room's like its own separate little puzzle of how you get through that room. Because a lot of the times oh, they okay. lock you in at the start, or you like fall in so you can't get back out, and so you have to kind of make your way across the room to get to the next section. I was gonna say Celeste is one game that I've been eyeing up for so long because it looks really good, and I've heard, I've just heard praise about it from everyone. You have to just give it a shot. Yeah, you absolutely do. And the music—you're so right about the music. It is fantastic. Oh my god! Like right, like do, when when you listen to it, do you understand why? Like I'm like it should have won soundtrack of the year. Yeah, like it's it's more unique and more special than I think like a generic like classical soundtrack would be. Like I I can't hum the melody to any of the music in red dead as good as it is that main theme for celeste from like that da 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 da, da. it's like oh my god like I, I i can hear it in my head right now like clear as a bell you know it's there's, there's... we can hear it too now thanks Pete. good <laughs> it's there, ah, it's it's a very special game aesthetically it's i think it, it's great and it's one of the sharpest platformers that i've played in recent memory for sure 
I really love the like uh, level selection screen as well, the, the 3D mm-hmm. kind of going up the mountain view. It's really cool. And I, I don't know if I like that it tracks how many times I've died because it shows you how terrible <laughs> you are at the game and how slow you're going. And there's like, I like that there's different difficulty options as well. Like when you go in, it, it, when you start the game, it doesn't give you any options. But when you save it and you go back in, it asks like, do you want to, you can turn on assist mode if you want. I haven't done it yet. But as you go through assist mode, the way it kind of, portrays what assist mode is is quite nice it's like you know we made we tried to make celeste accessible for everyone uh we it's difficult and it's challenging and that's part of the fun but if you know for whatever reason this game isn't accessible for you then go ahead and turn it on but know that you know this isn't the way we intended for you to experience celeste which i thought was kind of a nice touch and how they word it yeah have lots of uh, setting you chose right no i have not turned on <laughs> assist mode not, <laughs> not yet no, I yeah, I know. I mean, I might need to to get some don't, strawberries. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't turn it on. Just no, play play I the game as Matt intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the other game I've been playing is Donut County, which I see Pixel replaced the word with a emoji in the document. It's adorable. It's still a donut. <laughs> I hadn't played this game before. I don't know if either of you had on when it came to mobile. I've heard really good things about it, but I haven't checked that out. Like I think I'm, we mentioned on last week's show that it's like kind of the anti Katamari, where like you fill a hole and all yes. that stuff with, a, and you're a cute raccoon. Like that's about all I know mm. about it. It's it's a really fun game. Uh, it's got more of a story than Katamari has. You are this like devious raccoon who's come across this app that allows you to allows him to make sinkholes throughout the town, and. Whenever someone orders a donut from his donut shop, he, instead of delivering a donut, like opens up a hole in the ground and sucks up all of their belongings and then ultimately sucks them up. And um, really fun game, very Katamari-like in terms of you know physics. And it's got a, a, a better story than Katamari. Katamari doesn't really have a story. It just kind of is a premise more of a, than a story that, it, you know, the prince, his dad accidentally r- got rid of all the stars and so you're trying to make them again. In Donut County, uh, you're following essentially the story of this raccoon who runs a donut shop in the town of Donut County. And he's found this app on his phone that he is able to open sinkholes all throughout the town. So whenever someone orders a donut from his shop, instead of delivering a donut, he goes out, he goes around and opens up a sinkhole by them and sucks up all their belongings and ultimately sucks them up. So as you suck up bigger and bigger items, the hole gets bigger and bigger. But there's puzzles involved as well that wasn't in, in Katamari, which are quite interesting. So if you like get a fire in your hole, you can heat things up. So there's like one section where you have to heat a hot air balloon in order to get it to like uh, uh, open up or you go over go over some corn and it'll turn it into popcorn. Or if you suck up like a snake, it, the snake can come out and press buttons and things like that. So it's quite an interesting kind of mechanic that adds to just the, uh, just rather than just sucking things up, you've got a little bit more to do. All right, so the raccoon runs a donut shop. Yes. And you order a donut from him and he destroys everything you own by sucking up for a single he ends your Pretty entire much, yeah. life yeah <laughs> that sounds horrible <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's a really funny guy and um he just doesn't seem to give a shit about anyone and uh you you kind of see them like a few months later it's like 999 feet below donut county and everyone's like underneath and they're trying to figure out what the hell happened and stuff and the gist is that there's one person that's managed to escape him 
uh, being able to suck them down and so you're kind of unraveling the story as as it goes it's really interesting uh, but it's just a fun it's a fun little game and because it was a mobile game it's got full touchscreen support you don't need to use the controls at all so if you're playing in handheld you can access all the menus with the touchscreen you can move the sinkhole around with the with your finger um, or you can play with the controls. It was previously on PS4, so they've, the controls were adapted for that anyway, and it works really well. It's just a fun little game, and I think it's only about £10 on the eShop, probably about $10 as well, so if, uh, if you're looking for a cheap game you know, in time for Christmas, probably pick it up. That sounds fun. I've definitely been thinking about it, so I, uh, I'll have to give it a shot. I actually might have enough eShop credit to just buy it outright now that I'm thinking about it. I had like um, 200 coins I put towards it because I forget that those coins are a thing. Oh, yeah, so. it's exactly the same for me. I, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I've got all those coins. I'll just buy it. Yeah. It's great. So yeah. you just you go towards it. It's like, oh, free money. Love it. All right, and then uh, Pixel, this week you were also playing a game called... Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm gonna let you say it. Go for it. Go on, do it. Taiko no Tatsujin? That's perfect. Oh, boom, Taiko what's up? No Tatsujin. Drum and fun. Yeah, drum and fun. <laughs> drum and fun. I like, I, you know, I like to drum and I like to have fun. Is this the game for me? It is a game for you. Have you have you ever played a Taiko no? No. No? Is this the one that was on the GameCube with the drum controller? Yes. Okay, I, I actually have played this. I played this at MAGFest. So it's basically a Japanese drum game you'll find in every single arcade in Japan. It's huge. It's got that cute little like sushi guy, right? As the the mascot. Yeah, there's two of them. There's a red one and a blue <laughs> okay. one. I can't remember their names, but yeah, they dance around and stuff. Um, but yeah, the Switch version is really good. Essentially, it's taking. Um, you can buy like a little mini drum to play along. That's cool. But it comes with a USB cable, so I was like, oh wow, I'm gonna have to sit really close to my Switch. So I ended up just using the motion controls. So you can use your Joy Cons as drumsticks. Oh, does it work well? It works really well. Oh, dude. <laughs> it takes a little bit of getting used to because it registers when you stop moving rather than whilst you're moving. Okay. In the game, there's two kind of main types of drum beats. Well, hitting the drum, I guess. There's straight down, which is called Don, I think. Okay. And then there's like a, a rim hit, which they call Cat. So to do the rim hit, you have to kind of twist your wrist while you're going down as if you're hitting the rim of the drum. And sometimes that's a bit tricky to register because it registers when you stop twisting. And if you don't twist properly, it kind of just does a standard downbeat. Okay. Apart from that, it's the controls are perfect on the uh, Joy-Cons. That's really exciting. That gyroscope, man. I've only played it like probably about two hours, but I love the game anyway. But I absolutely love the Switch version. And they haven't even localized the songs. So you've got like songs from Moana on there. But they're all in Japanese. What? That's hilarious. Yeah, everything is still in Japanese apart from the UI and everything's in English. So I'm guessing it's a licensing issue. Well, they just couldn't be bothered to put the English versions of the songs in, but... I guess not, yeah. It actually sounds a lot better in Japanese. And they've got all these, like, J-pop songs on there and stuff. I have no idea what they are. But um, they get crazy fast, and the game is really, really hard. For such, like, a nice-looking, fun, cute game, yeah. it's ridiculously hard. That's so funny. I, I don't know, like, I don't I don't know that I'll have time for this one, but you're definitely selling me on it a little bit here, I gotta say. So there is, I'd recommend everyone buy it apart from one little thing. They've got loads of tracks on the actual game, and you can unlock some as you're playing through. Um, and it's got party mode, co-op mode, all that kind of stuff. 
but some of the tracks on in the game you have to buy them separately on the eShop, and that really bugged me because I paid full price for the game, and it's like, oh yeah, and if you want this track, that's in UK, it's seventy nine pence from the eShop, and they've cut a lot of what I'd consider probably really popular songs out of it, like the whole Ghibli music collection. There's like five Ghibli tracks that you have to buy separately as a pack from the eShop. That sucks. Yeah, they put um, the, I think it was My Neighbor Totoro songs on the actual cart, but all the others... Never mind, it's fine. Separately. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you've got like uh, Jump Up Superstar from Super Mario Odyssey on there, all in Japanese. <laughs> oh my god. I want it. Um, there's loads of stuff. It's really, really fun to play. I was playing it with the misses and... At one point, we would have stood up running around each other, shaking the Joy-Cons in the air, just trying to put <laughs> each other off. <laughs> but yeah, definitely recommend that. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a fun one. I love that they didn't bother translating it. Does it, it is the translation drum and fun? That's like the subtitle of it in English, and there's a Japanese subtitle. I'm not sure what that is. Cause it's but Taiko no sat, tat, Tatsujin doesn't mean drum and fun. No, that mean, that's basically the brand, I think. But okay. Taiko no Tatsujin. Taiko is a type of drum. I don't know. God knows. Somebody, somebody out there in the in the listenership can figure it out for us, please, and then write in and let us know. Uh, and if you do want to write in, remember you can hit us up by reaching out to us uh, on loopots.com, hitting us up at podcast at loopots.com, or following us at loopots on Twitter. So if you can answer us, uh, answer that question for us, please do. <laughs> it's Tycho Master. That's what it means. And Tycho's a type of drum. Tycho Master. Tycho Master. Tycho Master. Oh, you so messed you're up a my master plug, of Pixel. The drum. I had a nice plug. Oh, well, yeah. Write it and let us know. No. All right. Never mind. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's figured out. <laughs> <laughs> So we're a little light on news this week, but there's a couple a couple little interesting bits to chew on. Uh, first up is the uh, <clears throat> Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. Everybody has its uh, release date announced from uh, Famitsu. So it's coming to Japan March 20th and uh, has a, a loose window of winter 2019 in the West. Um, 2018. 2018. Wait, <laughs> really? Yeah, this is why it doesn't make typo. any sense. So it's coming out in March the 20th in Japan officially okay. and the western one's still winter 2018 on the eShop and we're clearly not gonna get it before Japan well alright all right. either of you guys excited for this one I, I know the Choco and Mystery Dungeon series was really popular on the Playstation 3 but I this just never a series I spend any time with so I don't really this is the final fantasy it. chibi spin-off thing right yeah it's like a, it's, it's like, part of the it's, final fantasy world it's like a puzzler okay I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't really know anything about it. I've seen the little cute, the little cactus man before there. That's about all I know. It's, it's like a, yeah, a dungeon crawler RPG, but you just play as Chocobo and loads of little monsters that you can buddy up with. I, I, I really, truly want to just come up with a show where we just show Steve pictures of things and have him describe them because he's like, I know that little cactus guy. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Do it as like a little end of show thing, then. Just it. show me random things I would never know. He's a little cactus man. <laughs> We'd have to do it for YouTube so we can show you the picture. <laughs> Slide them up on screen. Yeah. He's like this. 2019, it's happening. I have a lot of novelty Steve shows in the works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm basic, am I your, like, you, you ever watched like, uh, any of the stuff with Ricky Gervais and. What's the guy's name? Carl Pilkinson. Am I like your Carl Pilkinson? I'm just going to be the idiot of the <laughs> podcast. And you're just going to get me to do these, do these stupid things. 
Self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, no one ever called you an idiot. You took it there. <laughs> so yeah, any any thoughts on this aside from the fact that it exists? No. It exists, and to be honest, it looks quite fun, but I won't play it. Yeah, me neither. I've played like an hour of Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket Edition. It looks quite similar to that. Yeah, it's got a pretty similar style. Uh, but yeah, so if you are one of the people out there who really likes Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, write in and let us know why why it's worth checking out. What's the mystery about the dungeon? That's a mystery. You'll have to buy the game and find out. Oh. See, I, I always thought it was a spinoff of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series, you know? So, I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? So, the biggest... Someone. Someone is to say. <laughs> Are you being paid to plug Pokemon? Is that it? <laughs> I'm a shill. I work for the Pokemon. I'm, a, I'm a, a secret agent for the Pokemon company. At the beginning of the podcast, you're like, and we'll tell you why you should buy a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just like, oh yeah, and remember, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> Still available. <laughs> uh, so in other news, the Nintendo Switch has become the fastest-selling console of this generation in the United States, uh, with over 8.7 million consoles sold since March 2017. Uh, that's, like, almost half of them, which is wild. Uh, so, yeah, we're eating it up over here. And uh, as we reported on, I believe, last week, Smash is the fastest-selling Nintendo game in the U.S. as well. Three million copies in 11 days. Uh, and Nintendo is now the top-selling publisher in the, United, in the United States for 2018. So just off to a bang-up year here uh, for the Nintendo Switch in the States. Uh, and then that wasn't the only big-selling game. We also got Pokemon Let's Go with two million combined sales already. Uh, Breath of the Wild had over 4 million, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe over 5, Odyssey's got over 4.7 million, and Super Mario Party is sitting at a nice 1.4. So, all these games are really delivering. That's just the US alone, though. That's the crazy thing about it. I'm really starting to wonder if Nintendo are going to hit their target sales for the Switch without pushing out another game. I, I really feel like they will. Like, if, if Breath of the Wild sold 4 million copies over the last two years... Smash sold 3 million in 11 days. Just in the US. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's almost the entire lifetime sales of the last game. <laughs> which is insane. It's insane. It's, and it's the fastest selling game in the, in the series as well. Which, when you and in at, Europe as well. It's, it's, in Europe, it's become the fastest selling home console game ever. of all time for Nintendo. Right. So that's wild. I mean, like, when you consider that Brawl sold, I think, 11 million copies overall. With the install base that the Wii had. Yeah. And that this is already competing with that in a matter of weeks is insane. First of all, congratulations to Nintendo. And second of all, holy shit, if you if I could if I could take this information and give it to myself during the Wii U era, like when I was like, Man, I really think this is the end of Nintendo, like with hardware, like they just don't know what they're doing anymore. They gotta just focus on making games. They should just be a pub What an idiot I was. Oh my I think, god! No, honestly, I think I think no one could have seen this coming. Like, no, but I, I was all ready for Breath of the Wild to come to the PS4, and I was just like, just get, just cancel the Wii, Wii U, and just move to software. <laughs> you know what, man? You never, you can't keep a good Nintendo down. I, I will, I will never underestimate them again because, like a phoenix, they have risen from the ashes of the Wii U. Like, I, I am so impressed with how much the Switch has, like. I, I always thought it would connect with me, but I didn't think it was going to become what it is and that it would, like, really, like, 
usher in like a renaissance for Nintendo, a relevance, you know? This is the most relevant they've ever been, like in the last several generations. Because for as much as the Wii sold, it became a joke after a while, you know? Whereas like the Switch is like, it was the new hotness and it's continued that momentum and that's awesome. They, they really nailed it just by, because before having the 3DS audience and then the home console audience divided, worked really well in the 3DS's favor, but the Wii U seriously suffered because of it. Well, yeah, even like in terms of of things like you know cutting Ice Climbers from Smash and on the Wii U because it couldn't be done on the 3DS. Yep. Now they've combined those audiences and made a console that not only runs amazingly in docked mode, but is fully portable and runs home console games. I can see them blasting through the next few years with some huge, huge numbers. Especially when you consider they've got no competition in the handheld space anymore. Yeah. The Vita's pretty much history. They've outs- they've outsold in Japan the Vita's like lifetime, lifetime sales. sales there. So they've gotten they've got zero competition. Their only competition is themselves, which is with the two D S XL at this point. Do you think someone like Sony will kind of sneak in and try and copy a similar thing? They always do with like the joy uh, with the Wiimotes and stuff. They've they've done it then. Do you think they'll try just, and do it this I, time? I, I, I just think it'll be too late by that by that stage. I don't know how they could they could get it out in, within the PS4's lifetime. You know that seems to be coming to an end, and it seems that the PS PS5's probably around the corner in 2020. And I can't see that they would be able to get something out before Nintendo's already captured the market. They're already they're already getting absolutely phenomenal sales and have, have got a, a trajectory which is not been beaten by any other console in this generation i can't see that anyone could catch up realistically in, in the handheld space yeah i think i think for me much like i will never again count nintendo out i will never ever ever put it past sony to do something fucking crazy and and like it totally out of left field i don't think that they'll do it but if they added it we're like hey playstation portable 3 like what's up it's coming out i I'd be like, all right, you know what? All right, let's see what they got. Because proprietary memory killed it, but the Vita was a phenomenal handheld. I love the Vita. And Switch delivers on the promise of what Vita was supposed to be. And if Sony could come out and give us a console of that quality that was, you know, more powerful and had a, a great library or whatever, like, it could work. But I, I feel like between them being burned by the Vita and the success of the Switch that they're probably just going to stay in their lane and, like, VR is their pet project right now, you know? And they're doing good there. So, like, why split your focus another time? Like, I know you don't want to see ground ever in business if you can, but, like, I feel like this is Nintendo's thing and they got it. So you might as well just focus on your competition in Microsoft. And Microsoft doesn't seem to be wanting to get into that space anyway. Their focus is on the next thing is their cloud streaming service. And they showed in their like xCloud demo video games running on phones. Yeah, That seems to be where they think portable gamers yeah. are going to be is streaming games to their phones, which I don't think is the best solution. I don't want to be I carrying around. playing games on my phone. Me I too. absolutely detest. I hate playing games on my phone, but I think if, if their idea is we're going to create a, a way where you can stream or access your xbox library on like a tablet and use an xbox controller i think that'll work perfectly the new ipad that they just announced has the same amount of power under the hood as an xbox one there's no reason that you couldn't play those games on your ipad with a controller and have like a solid experience 
heat dissipation is generally why. <laughs> you could you could play them by by streaming anyway. Like streaming doesn't require really any power. It's literally just a case because Steam Link runs on Android TVs and right. Raspberry Pis. It's not it's not a difficult thing to do. It's just a video stream. It's just getting the latency of those controls back to the server. Uh, you can even play like um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a Chrome browser. It's incredible, no. by the way. Uh, I know, I've yeah. tried it. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like that is, to your point, that's their play for mobile. So, and I think if anything, but I just, I, I just don't see that most people want to carry around an Xbox controller in their bag and then rinse the battery on their phone, and then when they go to like text someone, there's like nothing left. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely challenges to it, but I think, like, battery life and all those sorts of things become less and less important as you go on, and they become easier and cheaper, and, you know, like, I don't think we're there yet, but looking at the streaming quality of how you can play Assassin's Creed in a Google Chrome browser, and it works with almost no latency, we're not that far off from that sort of stuff, and I think if Xbox is at the front of it, they'll, they're going to do well. Did either of you expect Smash to be the biggest seller this year i sure did yes you just look at the hype levels from everyone and how big a following smash has and then you think oh wait they've put every character from all the other games and a whole ton of new ones in there yeah it's appealing to every single one of those little markets i thought that pokemon let's go would have sold better than it has i i I think it's gonna end up surprising us like i still think it's selling well and it's gonna sell well but like Pokemon Let's Go, I think, to a lot of people, especially if you're a hardcore Pokemon fan, is, oh, it's it's a little side thing until the real Pokemon game next year, and Smash is Smash. And you got to think that Smash had an almost 100% attach rate at one point on the Wii U, and there are a lot of people that bought it just for that, and that matters. And then for all the people that never played Smash 4, which is a lot of people, if you're a casual person or you're not a diehard nintendo fan and you didn't buy a wii u like a smart person and you didn't have any friends that bought a wii u because they weren't marks like us um (laughs) you probably didn't you probably haven't played smash in what like five years or something you're like one of my like closest friends played wii u uh smash twice so in the last five or six years he, he hasn't played smash at all so when this dropped he was like let's go like i'm all in on this you know so I, I think there's probably a lot of people like that. Plus, people are intimately connected with the Switch. People love the Switch. They're playing it every day. There's there's an audience there. So like I feel like I was definitely expecting it to be the biggest Smash that we've seen. You just have to look at the success of indie games when they release cross-platform and how well they do on Switch and then translate that into a franchise like Smash Bros. And... <laughs> uh, speaking of Smash Brothers, there is a new spirit event all about Fire Emblem, which is kicking things off on December 21st. So... Uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, it will already be... Oh, no. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this no, the day it drops, it'll be tomorrow. it won't be up, but tomorrow it'll be going. Uh, so <laughs> this is actually... You know what? Time That's great. Hard. <laughs> if you're If you're listening right now, it's your last chance to go and get all those glasses, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but next week, you'll be able to get just Fire Emblem characters as if they needed more Fire Emblem characters in Smash. Thanks for nothing, Sakurai. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding you're a beautiful man uh so yeah i don't I, I don't think any of us are really playing with spirit mode that much so i don't know if this matters to any of us but psa it's cool news I, i've played the spirit board thing like a couple of times in world of light but mm, i don't know if just timed events appeal to me in smash bros to get spirit it's not for me but i have a friend who's all in on spirit mode and he's been doing this stuff so there's an audience out there who i think is going to be into this rotating stuff because 
you know, it speaks to the completionist completionist in us all. So, uh, yeah, you know, check it out if you're if you're down for the spirit stuff. Uh, so then something that I'm interested in is Arcade Archives Donkey Kong Jr. is coming to Switch uh, also on December 21st. So uh, that is real cool. I think this Arcade Archive series has been real neat. They've been putting a lot of TLC into it. And Donkey Kong Jr.'s archive port is fire. So uh, if you're a Donkey Kong Jr. fan and you've never pay- played the arcade version, check it out. I never have played the arcade version. The only place I've played it is uh, Game & Watch Gallery. Which is much, the... much different. Um, is it really different? Well, I mean... It's much different in the same way that, like, the arcade version of Donkey Kong is much different than the NES version. Like, it's still okay. the same core principle, but, like, the content is, is different. And uh, I, I remember that's the version I've played the most because growing up in New Jersey, uh, you're right. There's, like, a ton of arcades here because you're right on the Jersey Shore, which is, like, a prime destination spot for, like, you know, middle class people. And... Uh, there's like a, a huge amount of arcades, especially in the 90s. So I, I got to play a lot of Donkey Kong Jr. back in the day. And that's where I've spent the most time with it. So I'm I'm excited for this version. This is like the one I, I know the best. Have either of you got any of the Arcade Archives games? I haven't yet. Uh, I, I fooled around with a couple on my friend Switch and was like really impressed by like the TLC they put into it. Like very nice presentation and everything. But uh, they're a little expensive. Yeah, that's my view. Just a little. They're quite pricey. Like it's, it, it seems like if the virtual console had, had come through, they probably would have been priced a little bit cheaper. But maybe because, like, Hamster have to pay for the license to Nintendo as well, there's probably a little bit of cost involved. Yeah, I think for me, like, and I actually wanted to bring this up because I know we talked about it recently and uh, I, I figured out that we were actually wrong and looked like idiots. Um, I think this is very similar. Yeah, right. It's very similar to the Sega Ages collection that they have out right now, where it's a the difference of like what you're paying for is quality. You know, like mm-hmm. you could buy that Dreamcast collection or whatever, but like that's essentially a ROM dump. You know, whereas like these are there's TLC put into them. Like I found out the Sega Ages collection is actually like they're actually fixing the games and like adding new features like there's auto mapping that they added to fantasy star and like you know they add the spin dash that you can turn on and off in sonic or you can play the arcade version or you can play the console version and like things Mm -hmm. like that so i think to me these are things that as much as i just said i'm a hypocrite and i think they're a little too expensive and i haven't paid for them we should be paying for them because these are the kind of ports we want are the ones that people are putting time and effort into you know these nintendo ones it feels like it should be part of switch online to me you know we're Fair. pairing and we're getting the nes switch online stuff why are, why are we not getting these games as part of that package yeah mm-hmm. that's not- a good question i think the only arcade game i'd really shell out for separately i don't know if any of you guys played it there was a simpsons arcade game that came yes, out yes it's amazing the konami game yeah. yeah such a good game if they released that i'd i'd pay 20 quid for that easy i, yeah. I have a um a main arcade machine in my living room and that's the game i play the most that's on it. awesome marge simpson with her game. vacuum cleaner just smacking people around the head i'm yeah. desperately trying to convince my girlfriend to let me buy one of those <laughs> build it that's a good idea actually that's what i did yeah i got like a, a little kit and uh it's just running off a, a raspberry pi that's awesome and you you bought all the roms for it, yeah. I did, yeah. I bought them all. I found found them online somewhere. He bought every card and <laughs> and ripped them himself. <laughs> of course, yeah. I've got a real Simpsons motherboard just sitting around the house somewhere. 
I got the dump from. To be to be completely honest, if any of us was going to do that, it would be you. Like ever since you showed me your like retro keyboard collection, I was like, all right, this guy he could he could he could be totally doing the real deal. Uh, this one. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got an Apple II keyboard in mint condition here, you guys. This keyboard is from 1989. That's in, that's an antique. That's a literal antique <laughs> that he has in working condition. Pretty cool. So if you like working antiques, Arcade Archives, check it out. <laughs> so smooth. Yeah, you know, um, segways. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we read your listener mail. Last week, I I threw up the call. I cried. And asked for your emails because we knew we had, you know, uh, we, we were coming into some light weeks. And thankfully, one of you, one of you kind, kind potheads was nice enough. You're not allowed to call they them hate, potheads. They, they hate that, you guys. They hate it. <laughs> the meme lives on. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, one of you was kind enough to write in and throw me a lifeline. We got an email here. Uh, from from Mr. Matt, he writes in and says, "Loot pot peeps." Do you guys like that one better? Loot pot peeps. Yeah, yeah it was we'll... way better. Oh, pot peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could just call them the peeps. I think that's cute. You know, like the little the little marshmallows. Do you guys have those in England? No, no, they're. they're no, t- I know what they are. There, they're... I had or I had my friend sent me peeps flavored Oreos. The, before they're horrible, so you're not really missing much. Um, well, the real, the real. They taste alright. It's just marshmallow, right? Yeah, but they're not good. The thing that's fun about them is you stick them in a microwave, and then they look horrific. Um, oh my god! <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much the same with everything you stick in a microwave. Little slice of Americana there. Um, but anyway, so Matt writes in and says, Loop Pop Peeps, as somebody who's been waiting on purchasing a Switch, should these rumors of a new Switch model coming in 2019 mean holding out on the Smash hype? Should I just buy one right now? Please help. Sincerely, Matt. Uh, so I, I think yes, decidedly, yeah. it's worth getting. What, you should, you should buy one now or you should wait? Buy one now. You should buy one. Yeah. yeah do I not wait. So um, I, I personally am never one for that i i don't ever advise somebody to wait for a console that hasn't been announced yet there are rumors that there might be a new switch there, there's no way to know so it's like yeah you could sit and wait but like dude smash is out get it and get smash and if there's a new one i guarantee that gamestop or whoever that you buy your games from will have some sort of trade-in option the aftermarket sale on them is really good like if you really decide that you need this new one when they announce it upgrade like the rest of us you know, you'll enjoy your time with it before then. Thing is, you're looking at, he's specifically asking, you know, he wants Smash for Switch, and he's worried a new version, a new Switch model is going to come out that's going to be better, right? Right. But Smash runs at 1080p, 60 frames per second, on the current Switch. There's the Even if a new model came out, it's not going to be a better experience playing Smash on it, because it's already at max settings, basically. I mean, I can understand his view, though. Like, you, they might come out with one that's cheaper and lighter, or... Um, more powerful for other games because it's not just going to be playing Smash, I presume. But you never know. Maybe it's yeah. just a Smash. It's like you don't want to you don't want to buy a, a PS4 standard two weeks before the PS4 Pro comes out if you've got a 4K TV, right? I understand, mm-hmm. but I don't think the difference here is going to be that monumental. I also don't think it's just around the corner. We haven't seen any like images leaked. We haven't had like a, an announcement of like a 
a press event that's coming up. Or like up. dev kits or anything, like anything like no. that. No, you know, it's it's just a it was just a case of the rumor that we, that we reported on was literally they're having a discussion. They don't even know what's going to be new about it at this stage. Oh, by the way, it's not going to be an OLED screen. That was about the the gist of the whole article that we we reported on. Um, and like, I think maybe it's just going to be just a switch to the new Tegra architecture. That's probably going to be more power efficient, I reckon. Yeah, I think it's just going to be better battery life. I think that's probably at this point that's all they they're going to do. There's the also the version. chance it might even have a cheaper screen because that happened with the Vita, where like the second models of the Vita are cheaper, but they don't have as nice of a screen. So like, we might have ultimately the better version of the Switch at the end of the day because it has it happened with the 3ds as well there's two types of screens you could get on 3ds the tn one which i believe was in the earlier models and then the better ips screen yeah so i I think you're right so you know i think for me i would say buy it and hedge your bets because if it comes out and you want the new one you can always upgrade and get a new one you know what if you're gonna get enjoyment from it now and you're gonna get hours and hours of enjoyment at smash and you're gonna be playing it with your friends at christmas and doing whatever you're going to be doing then yeah just get it yeah sometimes it's worth just losing a bit of money if you see it as that way as you are you could have got the next one for a little bit cheaper or you could have got the next one and it's a little bit better i think ultimately you just have to weigh up whether that slightly better console that slightly cheaper console is worth you missing out on having fun with your friends at the moment i think a good way to think of it is say a new model does come out next year and the current base model drops by like 50 quid and you sell it second hand you might lose 60 you're looking at the best way to think of it is you're looking at 60 pounds that you've spent to essentially rent a switch for like a year and play games you enjoy with your friends and having a good time and to me that just it's a no-brainer you just do it yeah and if you're smart about it you can easily like just put all your saves on your sd card and everything and make the process of you switching over easy when you do decide to upgrade you know you can't put your saves on the SD card. You, you can? <laughs> no, they're tied to the console. No, you can back them out to the cloud, though. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. Wow. But if you if you buy the next Switch before you sell your old one, then you can transfer over. That's true. You just have to have them in the same place. Or you back up, back up the saves to the cloud, but some games are exempt, like Pokemon and Splatoon, Splatoon 2. So it's not perfect. But either way, I, I personally think it's worth it to get it now. And, you know, if, if you really feel like you need that new model when it does drop, there are ways for you to, to make that happen, you know? So that's, that's our two cents, Matt. I think we're all in pretty strict agreement. Go buy a Switch! Do it, man! Yeah, definitely. Get it. Get it on the holiday sales. Let's do it, man. And write in. Let us know what you do, end up doing. I'd love to hear back. And uh, if you do get it and you love it, um, we want to know. And if you do get it and you hate us, well, I mean, I guess you could let Just us... Just let Pete know. <laughs> Just at, at loud underscore Pete on Twitter. Just come bother me. Uh, so if you want to write in like Matt did and uh, give us some some material for the next episode of the podcast, remember you can hit us up by writing in at podcast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Visit us at lupots.com or follow at lupots on Twitter. Um, jingle. All right, so out this week on Thursday, December 20th, we've got Venture Towns. It's the new game from Kairosoft. Uh, it's a port of a mobile game that's got kind of like a classic SimCity look. So uh, if you're a fan of that style of game, it's uh, from the same people that made Game Dev Story, which is a great one of those sorts of games. So if you're a fan of the management 
you know, sim kind of genre, definitely looks like it's one to keep an eye out for. And then the number of hours I put into Game Dev Story is crazy. Game Dev Story is a sick game. Very fun. It's an absolute time sink on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I read online that they released a pirate copy themselves and they made it so that basically your company couldn't make more money past a certain point because you were on the pirate version of yep. it and it was reflecting you pirating their game. I, I yep. believe so, yeah. Brilliant. So if you want to so support good. the brilliant minds behind that top-tier troll, check this game out. I will definitely be checking this out. Uh, game Dev Story was a great time. So I might actually pick it up on mobile, though, because I could see myself, like, maybe might be easier. So we'll see. Uh, and then, like we mentioned before, um, we've got the arcade archives of Donkey Kong Jr. coming on December 21st. On Saturday, December 22nd, we have Monaspark, which is described as, quote, a challenging action RPG with deep Souls-like combat and roguelike elements, Scott pixel art 2d aesthetic uh 2d game pixel art aesthetic excuse me um once you say souls like you kind of lose me so i don't know about this one yeah. mana spark you know, uh, when did we start like just describing games as like other games as soon as dark souls came out that's that's when no because they, <laughs> people have been doing it since roguelike but that's like a genre like, though that's like metroidvania yeah, but, it, but it was a genre that was created by rogue and like why? And now it's just acceptable to do souls like. I think, I think we should coin a new term, and it's going to be Mario like, and it's for every That's good. Uh, so then on Monday, uh, yeah, on Monday, December twenty fourth, aka Christmas Eve, there's a surprising number of games coming out. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Superhero Fight Club Reloaded, Super Treasure Arena, Pipe Push. I put those two in. They look so similar, but they're not by the same company. But they've got like the same branding, same pixel art look. It's really weird. Maybe they're published by different people in the eShop. This but... is the part of the show where Steve recommends you buy shovelware. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Santa, tra- Santa Tracker's on sale at the moment, by the way, for, God. for 50% off in time for Christmas. Thank oh God. God. Fly in my office. That, that was a one game that. missing from the Game Awards. That should have been there. Santa Tracker. Yeah. Santa Winner Tracker of the most Ultra. hideous font. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when we do our Razzies next year, can we give out most hideous font? Because <laughs> I love that category. Uh, so we also have Pipe Push Paradise, which is an environmental puzzler where you push pipes around to make like water flow. Um, do you know, have you ever played um, Bioshock? Yes. It's like the hacker puzzle from that. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, but you're you're physically a little person moving the pieces around like a, an environment, and I think that some some of them are difficult to get in the right place, and you might have to reset the puzzle, that kind of thing. That's cool. But it's Wasn't water. All inspired by like a um, an arcade game, like a really really old arcade plumber game. Maybe I think I had something like that on my like Windows three point one computer. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. There you go. Interesting tidbit that has no. <laughs> Real facts behind it. <laughs> uh, so the last stuff for Christmas Eve is Arrow. It's a rhythm game that looks uh, a, a little like Thumper. It's got kind of like a fighting slash shooting mechanic added in there. So if you like rhythm, like action games, seems like this one could be one that might uh, tickle your fancy. Yeah, those games <laughs> always seem to depend on what the music's like for me. I'll have to watch like the trailer and yeah. see if it's that genre of music I enjoy. Like when you were mentioning... I'm going to go up and read the name again because I can't remember. Taiko no Tatsujin was all Japanese mm-hmm. stuff. I was on board. Like So if it's similar stuff like that, or that Sayonara Wild Hearts game that sure. we spoke about last week, if, it's, if, if it looks like that kind of music, I can, I can get down with those. 
if it's just straight J-pop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, then Tuesday, December 25th on Christmas Day, we have Uncanny Valley, which is a 2D pixel art story-driven survival horror game. Uh, choices that you make will have meaningful consequences on the story, and it does require multiple playthroughs for you to see everything that it has to offer. Just what you wanted for Christmas Day, a survival yeah, horror. Right? Okay. Honestly, yeah. I might buy this and try to get my family to sit down and play with me and like see if I can scare them. It's like, oh, it's a real festive Christmas game. Come look at this. Look at the zombies on, eating you. <laughs> I think survival horror perfectly describes my Christmas anyway. <laughs> oh, so you're getting a Switch for Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. It's the holiday season. There are plenty of people out there who are going to either be receiving a Nintendo Switch, buying a Nintendo Switch for someone else. And we thought uh, we would just kind of offer our thoughts as, you know, obviously the three foremost Nintendo experts on the internet uh, to kind of weigh in on our thoughts on what you want to get, right? Like if you're picking up a switch for the first time, what are the accessories that you need? What's the software that you should be picking up? What is, what is the way that you're going to unwrap that switch on Christmas morning or your, you know, your loved one will and have the best possible experience. So uh, obviously you're buying a switch Right, we already know that much. You're gonna to want to mm-hmm. shoot for a bundle, so you get a free game or something like that. I think that much goes without saying. Anything aside from that is where we're gonna be digging in here. So we wanted to start with uh, accessories because I think that's probably one of the places where there are the most options and the most things that you can absolutely avoid. Every other site that does a holiday guide has affiliate links, or they're trying to sell you something. So yeah. this is literally 100% honest. What you need, what you might not need. Yeah, and everything that we've that we're gonna talk about, like we've used and can say from firsthand experience if it's if it's worth it or not. So let's start with I think a thing that most people probably are immediately gonna think about the screen. Do you need a screen protector for your Nintendo Switch? For personally, no. I don't have a screen protector on my Nintendo Switch. I think having a screen protector on it uh, lessens the impact of the screen and the really nice color that it has on it. I think that if you're smart and you have a good case, you don't need a screen protector at all. I've got to throw my hat in and say, yeah, there's no need for a screen protector whatsoever. Unless you've got like a seven-year-old kid who's prone to scratching their screens by dragging them across a concrete floor or something. Right. (laughs) You don't need one. There's no need for it. It's one of those accessories that people buy and people get kind of feared into buying because they're worried they're going to damage their 300 pound device or something when really it's just not necessary i have a screen protector so i disagree with both of you i find the experience of having a screen protector nicer than not having one but it's it's i've i recommend getting a if you do want a screen protector so if you want to ignore what my two co-hosts have just said because they're wrong and you do want to buy a screen protector then get a glass one a tempered glass screen protector it's the clearest one they're the easiest ones to put on and touching glass is so much nicer than touching plastic, at least in my opinion. It feels nicer underneath your hand. Um, it's a little bit more solid. Like the screen actually moves a little bit without the screen protector on, right? No. It does a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't. Depends how hard you jab it. Yeah, I, I guess so. It really comes down to, I guess it's personal preference. Um, I don't have screen protectors on any of my devices, like my phones or anything like that, and I've never had a problem. But I guess if you're kind of the person who's going to damage things like their phone screen, 
and you've got a history of doing that, maybe take Steve's advice. Otherwise, just ignore him because he's he's wrong. I would say I agree with Pixel on that one. Like, if you are prone to scratching screens, I guess that's something that you can consider. Um, but I, in my opinion, unless you have a kid or like a dog or something like that that you're afraid is going to step on it or whatever, like I would, you know, I think you're probably fine. I think a lot of the people that got screen protectors it came from around the time when there were all those stories about the dock scratching the screens, which were and I think so there overblown. Was, I think there were a few that probably were that got bent in transit, but I think again, like Pete said, that was an overblown story. It was, it was. And and it was really it's not on the visible screen area anyway. It was all around the bezel. So yeah, just make make a choice, I guess, as to whether you think you need one or not. I literally chuck my switch into the dock when I put it in. I don't place it in carefully. I throw it in. My screen's not got so much as a smudge on it. Then they started releasing things like dock socks, which yeah. are just ridiculous. So needless. And it, it all spawned from a few people having maybe manufacturing issues or. Something with the switch docks and it was damaging their screen slightly, which was under warranty anyway. Uh, so moving right along, we've got uh, the question of micro SD cards. Do you need mm-hmm. one? Um, speed differences, sizes, all that kind of stuff. I, I say yes. You should definitely have a micro SD card. The internal memory on the switch is one of its few problems. Uh, 25 yeah. gigabytes is nothing. And there are certain games that you can't even play if you don't have an SD card. It might not be a day one purchase for a lot of people. So if you're getting like the big Nintendo titles, none of those will require you to buy a micro SD card. All of the Nintendo games don't require you to download something from the eShop. But if you're buying some some other third-party games, some of them do require a download from, from the eShop, and it will have a hideous label on the front of the box warning you that that is the case. Yeah, and I think if, you, if you're buying multiple games, you definitely want to get one too. Because like if you're going to get this person the switch and like the top couple games or something like that you know they're gonna fill up that 25 gigs pretty quickly like zelda takes up half of it but zelda doesn't take up any if you um use the card that's true yeah but i i I guess i guess that's a good point like if you're physical it's way less important Mm -hmm. because i i have physical copies of any bigger games so that i aren't or excuse me so that i'm not filling up my hard drive space but if you're a digital only person it's it's definitely something that you're going to want to invest in. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's it's not a requirement, but after a few months, it probably is going to become a requirement. Again, it's it's one of those things, if you're going all digital, you're 100% going to need it day one pretty much. And if you're going physical cart, you can put it off for quite a while until you really need it, especially with things like game updates. Eventually, you're going to have to buy one because patches for games they stack up over time and i think like breath of the wild now the patch for that's probably about two gigs yeah i was looking i was looking through my uh storage before we recorded this and the splatoon 2 patch is taking up about two and a half gigs now with all the extra content they've added in all the new maps all the new weapons all the things like that it does have to go somewhere it it fills up it seems to fill up the internal storage first i believe and then it moves on to the sd card or it might be the other way around. I'm not sure which gets used first. So if there's a micro SD card inserted into the console, it'll start filling that first. Okay. But if there's no SD card in there, it'll automatically start filling the Switch's memory first. So you can use up your Switch's memory first, then chuck an SD card in and carry on from there, I guess. 
And you said you can hot swap them as well, so you can take one out and put another one in if you run out of space. So you say you bought a smaller micro SD card and then you wanted to upgrade to a bigger one or just buy a second one. Yeah, you can hot swap the cards. Obviously, your saved data for the game is saved on the Switch's internal memory, so it doesn't matter what SD card's in there. You've always got your saved data available. Um, but if you, say, download Breath of the Wild onto one SD card, take it out and put a new one in, you won't be able to play Breath of the Wild until you've re-downloaded it. But if you put the other SD card back in, you can carry on playing Breath of the Wild. Okay. So you can hot swap the cards. I wouldn't recommend it because it's generally more convenient just to buy a bigger sized one. And that's what I'd kind of recommend. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've got a 64 gig SanDisk Ultra one, which is the red red card. So I think it's 100 megabits a second uh, class 10 micro SD card. I've just filled that up. So I've had the Switch almost from day one. I got it on the, the release week and I've only just filled up 64 gigs. So now I'm probably going to move to 128. How I transition all of my stuff over to another card, I've not yet figured out. So um, I may need to write an article or something about that when I do figure it out. Um, what, do, what do you guys have? You've got bigger cards? Uh, I've got a 164 gigabyte one. And it's like the same SanDisk, all that stuff. You know, so it's like I have plenty of space left and I have Smash and Mario Party like installed on my actual unit and I still have space. Because you're mainly digital as well, aren't you? You tend to go for digital over physical. It depends. Uh, Major releases, I like to get physical so that I like aren't taking up space, you know, like if it's like a big single player game. But like for games like uh, Mario Party and Smash, since they're games that I imagine I'll be playing off and on for years to come. I wanted to have them digital so that they're always accessible and that I can easily just jump in and jump out. Makes sense. Um, I, I just went for a 128 as well. I thought I'd overshoot it initially to save myself a bit of hassle in the long run. Um, I, I think I've only used about half of it up as well, so 64 would have been fine for me for the first year and a half. Um, but I think rather than size, as long as you get a fairly decent size one, more importantly, is the kind of the, the read and write speed of the SD cards. Yeah. Uh, is it so you've got a class 10 did you say yes Pete? yeah i believe i have a class 10 as well i think the minimum requirement really um to avoid issues is to get a class 10 but then you can go up to higher kind of speeds i think they're uhs one two and three is that right i believe so i think the sandisk ultra is uh, a uhs one okay um so is a class 10 uhs one yeah okay so if you're gonna buy an sd card make sure it's a micro sd card firstly and look for anything that says class 10 on it or UHS 1 or 2. So I'm on Amazon at the moment and they are so ridiculously cheap. So 64 gigs is £9.49 at the moment on sale. You can get 128 gigs for £23 or 200 gigs for 41 Yeah, definitely keep your eye out for sales on that because like, that's, I think, the biggest thing to Steve's point. You probably don't need one day one and they're affordable when they're on sale, you know? So like, wait for you know, Christmas, whatever, like summer, like there are always those good sale periods where you can get a great deal on these things, you know, and get one of the really big ones for like 80 bucks and then be good for the next couple of years. The one thing to avoid though is eBay. Do not buy an SD card from eBay. There's a lot of fake ones on eBay yeah, and they're lesser storage space. They can overheat, melt and damage the actual port in your Switch as well. So make sure you're buying it from a reputable place that you know it's a genuine card. And if it seems kind of too cheap to be true, 
it probably is a fake card. So just just be careful with that. I'd, I'd be safe and just use Amazon or something, you know, go through the actual SanDisk account or whatever and make sure you have the warranty and all that stuff because if they fry your Switch, they owe you a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, SanDisk or Samsung are the two brands that I've, I've used before. I don't really know of any other ones, but like a reputable brand, like I think like Toshiba and stuff have make cards as well so if it's a known brand you're probably safer with that uh so next up we've got cases uh for me i've used two different kinds of cases they were both the officially licensed offerings by nintendo i have the original standard oval leather case as well as one that they released for mario odyssey that has makes it look like i have a clutch person i'm going to the club (laughs) uh but i I personally i think a case is a must-have uh, because there is no clamshell or anything to protect the screen, you want something that you can throw it in if you want to throw it in your backpack or take it with you to the office or something. Uh, you want to buy one of the licensed ones, I think, because they all have – they're cheap for one thing, and they also have slots where you can put in your cards. And they've got storage – for mine, has storage for like 20 cards. So I have my entire Switch library with me literally at all times. Obviously, you know – means you want to make sure you're keeping good track of it and not losing it because it has everything you have in it but uh i I think that's like a must buy it's it's only like eight bucks for the standard one it's a solid case it's not bulky it's well padded definitely something that like i think is is a must buy day one i think there's two different kinds of cases that i've seen so there's like those soft pouchy ones that uh, it sounds like you've got and i think i've got but then there's those like hard clamshell ones as well so it all depends on, I guess, personal preference as to what you like. I like the, I've got like a fabricy one. I think it was made by PDP, and um, it's like you said, it's got slots for like twenty games. It's got like a little mesh inside that you can kind of put cables and things in. Um, there are case, there are cases and even like bags that Nintendo sell. So like a a Switch rucksack that you can take like um, your dock and your charger and extra joy cons and maybe even a pro controller along with you so if you're going somewhere you might want to look at look at one of those so i've got one of the backpacks the official nintendo switch backpack and i honestly it's really well made there's lots of little slots for everything and there's felt lining on the inside so you can't scratch your dock or your switch but i found that instead of using it in the way it's built no, the way it was intended to be used, I actually just put my Switch in a case before okay. I put it in a bag anyway. Um, so I, I don't feel like those backpacks offer enough protection if you've got other stuff in the bag. Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't want my Switch loose in any bag where there's other stuff rolling around, you know, because that's how you're going to lead to a scratch or, like, breaking the Joy-Cons, something like that. You know, like, you want to protect the Switch. And the, even the cheap case is a solid case that will keep it safe. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Pete. I think a case is 100% necessary if you're planning on taking your Switch outside yeah, of your house ever. ever. Like, even just to somebody else's house to hook up, have, just get a case for it. It's it's mm-hmm. it's inexpensive, and it's going to help you keep yourself organized. It's you got to do that one, for sure. Uh, so then when it comes to controllers, there's the question of, should I buy a Switch Pro controller? What are good options for multiplayer? Um you know, budget options, like in terms of third party or whatever, or smash options, that's kind of that kind of stuff. Uh, We've got a lot of opinions on this. I would say um, definitely buy an extra set of Joy-Cons. 
day one, in my opinion, if you're a multiplayer person. Like, if you know that you're going to be doing couch co-op games like Mario Party or, like, uh, Overcooked or Mario Kart, definitely buy a second set of Joy-Cons. From day one, I've had the ability to sit down and do four-player games, and it can't be understated how valuable that is. Um, luckily, my partner had a Switch as well, and just having two sets of Joy-Cons, it's... If you're going to be playing multiplayer games, it's pretty much essential. If you're going to be playing party games, it, you just want to have those controllers available so you and your friends can sit down and just play without trying to grab every other controller into the sun and trying to make it work. Yeah, and I think the only time that that really doesn't work is for Smash, you know, where like you are going to want to have the GameCube set up and everything. They're obviously the, the reprinted GameCube controllers that you can check out. Uh, we did an article about 8-Bit Doze wireless adapter. That's another option if you want to try alternate control schemes. And then, uh, Steve, you've also checked out a couple third-party solutions like the Hori D-pad switch controller and stuff like that. We've got articles on all of those. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Pro Controller, that's the one thing that I think we've all agreed that we don't like on it is the D-pad. Otherwise, I absolutely adore that controller, and I would recommend that. I got my Switch. I tried the Joy-Con grip. I tossed the Joy-Con grip away and I never touched it again because I, the next day I went out and bought a Pro Controller because I could not stand using that, that Joy-Con grip. My hands are just too big too big for it and I don't even have big hands. Like it's To me, it's uh, I think if you've got small hands or you're, or you're getting it for your kid, it's probably not going to be a necessity to go and buy a Pro Controller. But if you're planning on spending you know, a couple of hours at a time in Zelda, just that com- comfort of being able to use a traditional controller is is like invaluable yeah i completely agree like i i bought it day one and i i would recommend it as a day one purchase but i wouldn't say it's necessary but i would say like if the first thing that you should buy as like a quality of life upgrade after a hard drive would be a pro controller either a pro controller if you can't pony up for the 70 dollars 60 pounds which is quite expensive there are good alternatives like 8-bit doe have a load of controllers that are compatible like you look at the sn30 pro which works exactly the same as a, a pro controller it doesn't have motion controls but it does have um like vibrate and all of the buttons that you would need i know pixel's done an article before on his like knockoff pro controller which i believe has pretty much all the functionality apart from like a amiibo and maybe motion controls that right no, it has motion controls. It's just got standard rumble though instead of HD rumble. Okay, so that's a, that's another potential option if you if you can't afford to buy the official Pro controller. But uh, I I it, I would say it just depends on how you play. A lot of people I think will probably buy the Switch and just play it in handheld. And some people will be fine with the either separate Joy Cons or using the grip. So maybe see how you play before you decide whether you need a Pro controller. Uh, but you guys recommended buying a, another set of Joy-Cons on day one. That's also another £70 purchase. So I think for me, if I had to choose between either a another set of Joy-Cons or a Pro Controller, it, for me it was the Pro Controller that I chose to buy. You can still play three players with, with that Pro Controller because you can mix and match like two set, the Joy-Cons. The only thing you can't play is things that require like a, a set of Joy-Cons. So like if you want to play four-player Mario Party, you do need four Joy-Cons in order to play. Uh, Mario Party rather than you can't play it with other controls. Yeah, for me, I would definitely say get the two Joy-Cons over the Pro Controller because I love the Pro Controller, but I don't think that the that playing in handheld mode or doing the grip is so egregious that you need a Pro Controller day one, and I'd rather have the ability to do four-player co-op, but that's just me and my play style. You know, like, the first thing I did when I got my Switch was hook up Mario Kart and invite a bunch of people over, you know? So, uh, if that's 
what you're looking for out of the Switch, you definitely want an extra set of Joy-Cons. But if your plan is to day one play Zelda for like eight hours by yourself, go for the Pro Controller. <laughs> that was a perfect description of exactly what I did. Yeah, I mean, but like, it sounds like me and you got it pre Mario Kart, and like all we had to play was Zelda. That was literally it. Oh, and maybe you could download Snipper Clips or um, that racing game that came out. That was about all. I was like hunting for like new games for like a month yeah. until Mario Kart came out. Yeah, I just like straight up was I was at this the store to buy my Switch and was like, oh, they only have the red Joy Cons. I guess I just won't buy a set today. And then oh the dude God. behind the counter is like, yo, buddy, I think I got a blue one in the back. And he's like, and I was like, all right, go check. He comes back and he pokes his head out of the back door and just holds it out to me. And he's like, eh? And I was like, all right, all right, come on. Like, pile it on, whatever, <laughs> let's go. Like, buy all this crap. And I've been set ever since, you know? Like, I'm good to go. Um, I had more controllers than I needed day one for everything, you know? So that's that's a good place to be. Uh, so speaking of extra things you could buy, uh, we've got chargers on the dock. Uh, sorry, I meant like on the docket, not like on the Nintendo Switch dock. Um, so should you buy an extra charger? You know, like what other chargers are compatible? What ones are the ones you want to avoid? Uh, for me, I would say definitely buy an extra charger because you don't want to have to unplug your charger from your Switch dock every time you want to charge your Switch wirelessly. Or not wirelessly, but not in dock mode, you know? So my my whole thing was I had my dock set up to my TV, and I had another extra brick that I bought that I kept in my backpack for travel or that I had, like, plugged in next to my bed at night and stuff like that for, for handheld play. So I would definitely recommend doing that. In terms of what chargers are compatible or not safe, I would say look that up because it's it varies wild, wildly. And there are some, like the Samsung Galaxy A charger, which are totally fine. And then there are some that will totally break your switch. So buyer beware on that one. I uh, didn't have a char a second charger for the longest time. I've been I was using my iPad charger with the USB C cable that came with my Pro Controller. It worked perfectly. The only time it didn't work was when I took my dock to my parents' house, and I tried to uh, plug it in, and it came up with a lovely message on the screen saying, "Please use the charger that was included in the box." Mm -hmm. And so that day I went over to. Uh, went over to the toy store and I bought a, another charger. The The only problem with those chargers is they're £25. So they're quite pricey, but they pump out a lot of power. I think it's something like 60 watts, which when you consider like a, a standard charger that comes in the box for a MacBook is like 45 watts. So it's pumping out a lot of power, which is why it can power the switch as you play it. A lot of chargers that you may, um, may use, like for your phone, things like that, aren't putting out enough power in order for you to charge and play at the same time. So you need to go careful about that. Yeah, so I, I think another charger is not essential. You can take it out the back of your dock and take it with you. But for convenience, if you're going to be playing handheld and taking your Switch around with you, it's it's kind of essential. If you've got something like a Pixel phone, um, you can use your Pixel phone charger to charge your phone on the go. But it's a bit of a minefield as to whether your specific phone charger is going to be safe to use with the switch and you could permanently damage the uh, charging port of your switch so i'd say it's not worth the risk and for the sake of 25 pounds it's probably going to be worth getting another charger and just you know taking that as kind of uh, an additional cost in owning a switch if you want to play in handheld 
Yeah, for me, I think it was worth the money. Like, I bought one on day one as well when I bought all the other crap and was just and – I, and I haven't been upset about that. I have one that I always keep in my bag, and I have two docks for my Switch. I have one dock that's my travel dock and one dock that, that's the one I literally never unplug. Man, Nintendo on day one for you were just, like, ticking off all the boxes. Like, what well, have we got Pete to buy today? They got me to buy a <laughs> lot. I bit down hard. But uh, the extra dock was actually a Christmas gift I got later. So that was, I don't think you need an extra dock by any stretch of the imagination. But for me, I have multiple TVs in my house and I often take my Switch with me to other people's places or to my girlfriends or whatever. So having that extra dock is super convenient. So if you are somebody who has like multiple entertainment systems and money isn't an option, buying an extra dock is something I highly recommend in terms of like convenience factor. That's about the ultimate convenience buy. But it's available and it comes with an extra charger set with it so you can end up with an extra charger that way as well yeah they're, they're impossible to find in the uk though we uncovered in a previous episode that is yeah, true if you're if you're in the uk you're really not going to get your hands on one and please 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 avoid all third-party nintendo Switch yeah. stocks do, like honestly like go something that you can do for listeners who are unaware i learned this while i was an amiibo hunter you can go on the u.s amazon or u.s store and mm-hmm. order it and just pay the import and it'll yeah it'll be a bitch or whatever but like better than getting a third party one that's going to break your switch and play asia are selling uh, the special edition docks for some of the games as well they sell those separately in japan along with the special edition joy cons so if you really want like the pokemon let's go dock but you don't want to pony up for an entire new switch you can buy that separately from play asia so there you Is go it- was it available? Excuse me. While we're talking about chargers, though, the other thing I think is worth looking into, if you're portable a lot, is uh, portable battery packs. So there are like um, some official licensed ones that come with like a Switch uh, logo on them from Anchor, and they deliver enough power to play your Switch and charge it at the same time. But if you want to use a third-party one, look for something that um, delivers USB power delivery and can output a specific wattage. But if you're not sure, just buy the uh, branded Switch ones and you can continue playing even when your battery's uh, dead and you're portable. I think that's definitely something to consider if you travel a lot. Like if you're an airport player or something like that and the people that you fly with don't have, like you're not sure that you're going to have like a plug that you can plug into or if you like long car trips or something like that, that's something that's definitely valuable. Not a day one purchase in my mind, but if you know that that's your lifestyle uh, or like you've got a long commute, on a train or something like that. Like those are things that you might want to consider investing in because uh, for a game like Breath of the Wild, the Switch battery only lasts for about three hours. Mm-hmm. So definitely something to consider. And if you've got one already for your phone, the chances are it will work. So if it's a, like a USB-A, like the standard USB port, you can still plug in and charge your Switch with it. It just might be a bit slow and you might not be able to play your Switch as you're charging it. Uh, so next up we've got headsets. I don't really have too much on here like the switch works with pretty much every standard gaming headset that you you could think of and the actual like you know games on the switch that use like a mic and stuff like that in game or it's pretty much just Fortnite. <laughs> like there's there might be one or two other games that support it but in general like i don't really think a headset is something you need to worry about if you have a gaming headset if you're that kind of gamer whatever one you have probably works for your switch so there is a, there's like two games I know of, Fortnite and Paladins, I believe, both support uh, sure, headset. Okay. And those are very, very, we'll get onto that in a second, but those are probably two big games that is worth downloading because they're both free to play. Uh, and while most wired headsets will work, there are a couple that 
that won't. There's two standards of like Jack. You need to make sure it uses the the right standard of Jack. There's lists available online. But some wireless headsets do also work. So in a in a recent update, Nintendo added the ability for USB audio to come out of the dock. So if you have a headset that has like a little USB dongle, the headset that I have is the PlayStation Gold headset, and it works absolutely perfectly with the Switch. So if you already have a PlayStation headset, a wireless one from Sony, it will work with the Switch. So if you already have one, give it a go. Um, but if you do decide that you want to get a headset for like um, cross-platform Fortnite, uh, then you can have a look online and find a list of compatible wireless or wired headsets. And then the last one on our, our list before we get into like software that we'd recommend is uh, the LAN adapter. So I think I don't have the LAN adapter, uh, but my very, very good friend uh, who I play on his Switch quite a bit does. And I think if you're a serious online player, this is a must-have. I think Wi-Fi is fine for casual play. Like, I was really into competitive arms, and I was into Splatoon for a while. Both of those games worked fine on my Wi-Fi. I have very good internet, though. Uh, but in general, the Switch's Wi-Fi chip is, like, not the best. It's not terrible, but it's certainly not top tier. And if you're playing a game like Smash, which is already notorious for not having very good online, you definitely want the LAN adapter. Like, if, you're, if your goal is to go and grind out Smash online, you're going to really regret it if you don't have this thing. Yeah, I love that Sakurai even mentioned it in the uh, Nintendo Direct uh, yeah. that everyone should go buy one. It's like you want one, and they're not that they're not that expensive. It's really just more an issue of like, is your Switch conveniently placed near a place where you can plug it in? Depending on your internet connection, and if you have an old router, a LAN kind of adapter is probably going to be necessary. The quality of your internet connection online is going to degrade everyone else's game as well. Yeah. So it's not just going to impact you; it'll impact the people you're playing with. Yeah, pretty seriously too. So I, I would say that one's worth it if you're an online player, but if you're if that's not really your bag or you're just looking to play Smash locally, don't don't worry about it. Uh so then we have uh a couple lists right here, and we're gonna go through these quickly because we have um we have a Christmas episode planned next week where we're gonna talk very extensively about our recommendations for games on the switch so you can check out that episode next week but we did just want to give you some kind of like top level recommendations really quickly so that if you do buy the switch day one you've got an idea of some software that you might want to check out so i think obviously the games that are like must plays are all the original nintendo exclusives we have breath of the wild mario odyssey mario kart 8 deluxe super smash brothers ultimate and splatoon 2 were the five games that we chose as these are the cream of the crop these are the best games on the on the platform right now and that are, you know, going to give you a wide breadth of things to play. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting that they're all Nintendo games, but I guess that's why you're probably buying that's a Nintendo why you buy a platform. Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there are plenty of other great AAA games on Switch. I love Arms, there's Doom, there's Wolfenstein. Those games are all good. They all are optimized well, but you know, I, I, in my mind if you're only playing 5 games on Switch, you should these are the 5 that you should try. You know? Uh, and then we've got kind of this budget slash indie slash mid-tier level games right now um, that we wanted to recommend. We have a couple call-outs. Celeste, Stardew Valley, Hollow Knight, Golf Story, Snipperclips, The Messenger, Dead Cells, Overcooked, and Overcooked 2. 
Uh, and then if you're into party games, the Jackbox Party Pack, there are five of them, and they're all on Switch. They're phenomenal party games. They're not traditional, like, game games, but if you, like, you know, are the kind of person that regularly entertains or has people over for dinner or drinks, or you want something that you can, like, play with your parents when you go home for Christmas or whatever, Jackbox is perfect for that. So we highly recommend that experience as well. Uh, and then as Steve called out, there's a couple free games that we wanted to mention. If uh, you are all tapped out after buying your extra controllers and your charger and your Switch case and your LAN adapter, uh, <laughs> there are some great free-to-play games available on Nintendo Switch. Fortnite, obviously, being the number one game in the fucking world, it plays real well on Switch. Good community, especially if you're a new player. It's easy to jump in and play. Uh, Warframe, another really popular MMO, uh, Destiny-style game. has been around for several years. We've got Paladins, which is an Overwatch ripoff that people seem to like quite a bit. And uh, <laughs> Brawlhalla, which is... Don't miss your words, eh? Well, Brawlhalla, hey. which is a Smash ripoff that people seem to like. <laughs> yeah, but Brawlhalla at least does its own thing a little bit. Uh, Paladins is very much a ripoff, but hey, we can talk about that in another episode. Uh, but all those are great games. Brawlhalla is a 2D fighter that you can also check out, so... Uh, there are plenty, plenty of games for you to pick up on your Nintendo Switch and plenty more that we haven't mentioned here. So uh, make sure you tune in next week for our sort of best of the year episode where we'll have plenty more recommendations for you on your brand new Nintendo Switch. So uh, the last two things we wanted to touch on were just uh, Nintendo Switch Online and the eShop. So for Nintendo Switch Online, uh, do you need to pay for online? Is it worth paying for online? What do you get? What are the plans? What are the options? Uh, so for Nintendo Switch Online, if you want to play online with friends, you do need to pay for their yearly subscription service. There are other options, but I, I don't think anybody would argue that there's that you should do anything but the year subscription. It's the best deal by a lot. It's $20 a year. It gets you full access to the NES Online library, which is pretty robust, constantly adding new games. And uh, obviously the ability to play games like Smash and Splatoon Online with friends. Uh, there's a family plan available as well, which is a great deal if you work for like a games outlet like us or if you've got some friends, like roommates or whatever that you want to chip in with or if you've got a family. I was going to say, if if there's more than one Switch in your house, even two, or you just have two different accounts on your Switch, it's cheaper to buy the family plan than to buy two individual plans. So if it's just you, buy the individual plan. If there's more than one person, it's always cheaper to buy the family plan. Yeah, so definitely, definitely keep that in mind. Now there is one, there is one exception where you will not need Switch Online, and that's if you're only going to play the free-to-play games. So if you're yes. only going to play Fortnite, you're only going to play Warframe, Paladins, or Brawlhalla, then you don't need the plan. They're completely exempt, and you can play those with your friends without having to buy the Switch Online subscription. But for the price, if if you've got you know Super Smash Brothers or you've got Splatoon 2 is probably worth just paying for it anyway. I personally think it's worth it for the emulation alone. I think the NES library is solid and it's well optimized and like the the bells and whistles are nice and that service is going to become increasingly a better value as they I add hope, more stuff. Yeah. I I also uh, just wanted to say that if you've bought all of those games, say someone bought you those five games, redeem all of the gold coins, click the click the plus button, redeem all the gold coins, and you can spend those gold coins on your Switch Online subscription. So you can bring the price of that down as well if you wanted to, or you can spend them on uh, on the eShop on any other game. A couple of those indie titles that we mentioned, yeah. 
Uh, speaking of the eShop, uh, we did just have one final recommendation for you uh, before we move on, which was that uh, the eShop can go on offline at times when there's high volumes of traffic. We've seen it happen before, particularly during Christmas time. We imagine it's going to be pretty vulnerable. So if you are someone who goes digital only or whatever, we definitely recommend downloading updates uh, ahead of time or as soon as possible and uh, trying to plan when you're buying and downloading software around high volume uh, time. Yeah, especially I think if you're buying a Nintendo Switch and it's a gift for your children, um, even if you don't know how to use a Switch, it's worth just spending half an hour learning it, unboxing it, and updating the console so that the kids can play straight away, especially if it's a like Mario Kart bundle, because you need to download the game before you can actually play it. So yeah. it's worth doing that before Christmas Day because everybody's going to be trying to do it on Christmas Day. And if, yep. if the servers go down, your kids won't be able to play it, unfortunately. And if you're going to be setting up Switch Online, you're going to need to create an account for each of, each of your kids that are going to be going onto the Switch as well. So getting that done ahead of time, creating the like three accounts plus the three Switch Online accounts that go with it in, so they can all play with their friends online when they get it. It's just going to save so much hassle on Christmas morning and they can yeah. just open it up and play together and just, you know, get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to do that stuff in advance if you can, uh, because otherwise you're, you're looking at like a solid hour of setup time, like any console, you know, like you got to download the updates, you got to make the account, you got to link everything. I know I had trouble linking my account originally because it like wasn't connecting with the Wi-Fi, and then once it connected, it never had a problem ever again. So it's like there are those little hiccups that are always true of a new of unboxing a new console, but particularly if you're setting it up for like multiple kids and you want to be able to do it on Christmas morning, like do yourself a favor and get that out of the way as soon as possible. Also, I just thought about this: if you've had a Wii U before, or your kids have had a Wii U before, and you've got some eShop balance on there. When you sign up the Nintendo Switch account, use the same account because the eShop credit will transfer from the Wii U into the Switch and you'll be able to spend it on Switch games. So if you have an account already and it's got eShop money on it, use that account. Can you transfer anything else from the Wii U? I think you can do your Mii, right? Yes. I think you can import your Mii, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was able to do that, I remember. So uh, that about wraps it up. I mean, I think that there there are probably other questions that we could answer. If there's anything that, you know, you listeners out there have on your minds that you'd like to hear from us or any other questions that you think somebody getting a new Switch might like answered, if you are a Switch owner, uh, make sure that you write into us at LootPots. Um, I'm sorry, at podcast at LootPots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at LootPots.com. Or hit us up over at, at LootPots on Twitter. And let us know what you're thinking. You know, if there's any other addendums that you feel like we need added to this uh, this guide, uh, we'll touch on them next week. And then maybe we'll throw together an article or something and try to compile it all uh, for, for you fine folks. So we'd love to hear from you and what you think and uh, any other maybe games you'd like to recommend or anything like that. And uh, we can, you know, we can help out those who have not yet joined the brotherhood of the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the personhood of the Switch. It's gender neutral. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on another episode of the podcast. Uh, please reach out to us in all those ways that I said. Uh, remember, if you want to show the show some love or support, you can give us a like on your platform of choice. If we're not on the platform that you'd like us to be on already, we'll get there. Let us know. And uh, just, you know, if you're enjoying the show every week, we'd really appreciate it if you could share it with your friends and let them know that we're out here doing a quality Nintendo podcast every week that you think they might enjoy as well. 
So with that, uh, we hope you enjoy your holiday if we don't see you before then. Uh, and we'll catch you next week on another episode of the podcast.